Get Jolted into electrifying health and well-being with The Jolt Files. A spark of inspiration that will ignite your body and mind and shock you out of the same old routine. This is The Jolt Files with your host, Katherine Berry. Hello and welcome to The Jolt Files. My name's Catherine Berry and with me I have Matthew Bauer, President of the Acupuncture Now Foundation. Today we're talking about other TCM techniques beyond acupuncture and moxibustion, which we heard about in the last episode. So Matthew, could you tell us more about cupping or suction therapy? What's that about and how is it applied and what might it be useful for? Cupping is a system in which by one means or another, a negative pressure is caused to be inside the cup. And some people do that by burning a a substance really quickly, by igniting something, putting it in the cup, and then taking it out and putting the cup on the skin. Or other devices use a kind of reverse little bicycle pump, which sucks air out. And either way, you, you, you cause that negative pressure in the cup, and then when you apply it to the skin that will pull up on the skin. Usually the, the, the cups can be all different sizes, but they're usually not much bigger than like the diameter of a coffee cup. And so that can be placed on areas, especially that is effective for what we call breaking up blood stagnation and, and helping to kind of draw up uh, some blockage and some kind of stuck chi uh, in in the body, in the blood vessels, and in the interstitial tissues between the blood vessels. So that therapy is often used. Um, it's somewhat almost like even can be used as a type of massage therapy where the cups are then somewhat moved and it and it lifts up the uh, uh, lifts up the tissue, but it's especially good of, of bringing stuck energy, even to some degree like where that causes some toxicity where things get stuck to break up the the toxicity. And a lot of people find it also very soothing and relaxing. So we we sometimes have people call us asking us specifically, do you do cupping because they find it so relaxing? It's interesting too because, of course, we've all seen Gwyneth Paltrow and a couple of our celebrities in the media with these enormous circle bruises on their back. So one of the questions I get asked a lot is, is cupping painful? So I'm curious to know whether you get asked that and what your answer is. No, it's it's not painful at all. You know, most people get bruises when there's been some trauma, you know, some kind of blunt force, like if you get hit, uh, it it breaks little blood vessels and then you end up with a bruise, but you also have the trauma from what the force it took to break the blood vessels. With suction cupping, it is actually just a gentle suction that uh, draws the, the blood uh, from these tiny, tiny blood vessels. So yes, it can leave bruises and it, it pretty much always does leave some degree of bruising. And most people just associate bruising with a, a traumatic injury. But in this case, it's a mechanism that's leading to the bruising, which is not only not painful, it is actually pretty enjoyable. There's a conflict in thinking then is how is a practitioner causing bruising of any therapeutic value at all? See, blood can get stuck, especially in the tiny little vessels like capillaries. 
So we call that stagnant blood. And we, we often say that it's chi stagnation that leads to the stagnant blood. But when there is stagnancy like that, when the blood can't flow freely as it should, it leads to problems. I mean, the body wants the blood to keep flowing through those little vessels. And if it gets stuck, then it has trouble flowing. So it, when we use some kind of suction device that helps to pull out uh, from those vessels, because those vessels are permeable, they're not like plumbing pipes, they're designed to leak. They're, you know, they're designed to let the substances come out of them and then actually others with waste product go back into them. So we're helping to draw out which they're supposed to do. They're supposed to release those nutrients and, and those, those essences in the blood and, and they get stuck. So we help to draw them out. It's kind of like cleaning out a permeable pipe um, and, and that allows it to keep flowing again. So, so it's not the bruising that we're going for per se. It's helping to let those little vessels give off the nutrients and, and what they are transporting to their local cells in a somewhat artificial way. It's, it, we're kind of co- coercing it. But by getting that ready-to-come-out blood out, then it allows the whole system to keep flowing. So what sort of conditions is cupping actually useful for? Well, stagnant blood often leads to pain, and especially fixed pain. So if somebody has pain in a specific area of their body, there's almost always going to be the parallel phenomena of the blood being stuck there. So um, cupping can be used, especially on areas of of fixed pain. So could you describe for me this idea of stuck blood or fixed pain? These these concepts might be new to our listeners. Say, for example, there's... a, a. one of the many diagnostic techniques we use in trying to understand what's happening with our patients in Chinese medicine is if somebody has pain, but it's a sort of broader aching pain, it's, it moves around a lot, there's no one place where, uh, where they feel it, then that's not really a, an indication of blood stagnation, blood and chi stagnation. But if it's fixed at a point, and it's it's in tends to be in the same spot, uh, then that that suggests that things are stuck there, and uh, both chi and blood, and both acupuncture and cupping, and to some degree we mentioned about moxibustion. These are all different tools we have to keep chi and blood flowing, to try to help restore the the normal circulation in the body. Could, could you give us an example of what somebody might be experiencing if they do have this stuck pain or the, the stuck blood or fixed pain condition? Where, where, do, where do most people experience that and what sort of things are they feeling? Take something like condition like a tendonitis, whether it's tennis elbow, whether it's in the elbow region or you know some other kind of tendonitis. That usually involves a stuck kind of pain, a, a fixed area of pain. So could you talk us through the tendonitis and the feeling of stuck pain and what an acupuncturist might do to get in and and relieve that pain? A few things we do if somebody presents with a tennis elbow type of condition, which is more on the outside part of the elbow as compared to golfer's elbow, which is on the inside part of the elbow. But if somebody 
has a pain, a fixed area of pain around the elbow, we would look to palpate it or to press around and especially pressing known acupuncture, acupressure points to find the areas of tenderness. And those points will tend to be on one kind of energy pathway or or chi pathway channel or another. So we're both looking for the specific spot or spots where the pain are and also looking to see which of the channels, the meridians that those spots are on. So then we could do both what we call local and non-local treatments. So we might do acupuncture on one of those tender spots. Um, we, if, if we think it was something where a person was really exposed, exposed to cold and that was part of the process, we might use moxibustion. We could also use, in that area, we'd be using a smaller cup, something of a smaller diameter. But you could also use cupping in an area like that. And then you would look at the energy channel that that spot was on and we have lots of different techniques, both with acupuncture and moxibustion, about realizing that that spot is on a channel, a, a greater like a like a river or even an irrigation channel. And we have lots of theories about how these channels interconnect. And many acupuncture points are known for their ability to influence the flow within that channel. So we wouldn't only do a local point and in some techniques we might not use a local point we would use some of the points farther upstream or downstream from that channel or maybe even a channel that that channel connects to and we could use you know both acupuncture and or moxibustion for helping to influence the uh, circulation again it's mainly about helping to break up any kind of stagnation and getting both chi and blood flowing again. So like, for example, with cupping for something like a tennis elbow, a common spot for tennis elbow is on what we call the large intestine energy channel. So you might do cupping along up and down that energy channel as you move the cup, uh, glide the cup up and down that energy channel. That, that would be one example of how cupping would be used, not just for the local point, but in the channel pathology that we use in Chinese medicine. That's interesting, Matt. So we've you know, talked today about how cupping might be applied to specific points to draw out uh, stagnation within those blood vessels. And we've also talked about moxibustion, the use of heat therapy. Uh, one of the other things which we see a lot of in the Chinese medicine, you know, the traditional medicine shops, of course, is this use of gua sha. Could you tell our audience about the process of gua sha and when it might be used therapeutically? Gua sha is a technique that, according to my understanding of, of folklore, it was probably primarily used by people that weren't skilled acupuncturists, that didn't have needles or know how to use needles. It's something that could be used using simple home implements that could be used in a, in a similar manner. Of course, it is all about getting proper chi flow. Uh, so some of the 
instruments that were used in Gua Sha would be like a spoon, uh, something that would you know, be easily found around the house. And many Eastern people, like the mothers, would learn to do on their children, because uh, this is a kind of folk uh, medicine that can easily be learned and applied in the home. It reminds me, though, Kath, way long ago, I used to do auto body work, you know, fixing, you know, dents and scratches and, and making cars that are banged up look nice again. And somebody that works in auto body work, you have many different tools available to you, everything from different hammers and dollies to different instruments that you use to try to bring the car's metal back where it used to be. And this is basically what we have in Chinese medicine. We have a tool chest of many different tools. With acupuncture, we have different sizes of needles, and we use different techniques with them. We have moxibustion. We have cupping. We have things like gua sha. These are all different tools within a well-trained practitioner's tool chest that we would use, and we will look at any individual case, just like an auto body mechanic would. They'll look at this thing and say, okay, for this job, I'm going to use this tool and that tool for these reasons. And for this other job, I may use these different kinds of tools. But they're all being used for the same reason, to try to restore the body to normalcy. Thank you, Matthew. You've been listening to Matthew Bauer, President of the Acupuncture Now Foundation, and Catherine Berry from Acupuncture Professional. Stay tuned for another episode of The Jolt Files. Thanks for listening to The Jolt Files, your electrifying source of healthy East meets West wisdom. Zap over to thejoltfiles.com for exclusive content and special offers. And join us on the next episode to get your spark for life recharged.